Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto, featuring University of Texas golfer Travis Vig. Travis, welcome, man. Hey Dylan, thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. How have things been? Things have been okay at school, and it's kind of off-season for you guys right now, but I'm sure it's still a grind. So how have things been? Yeah, yeah. It's still um, – yeah, we're in kind of in the middle of finals right now, finals prep. So mm-hmm. we're all just kind of, you know, studying, hitting the books, um, getting ready for those finals coming up soon. Yeah, I mean, that's – that's super important stuff there for sure because, I mean, I mean, you got to be eligible to play golf. So, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you can't just – you can't put golf first, academics come first, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I remember those days. So, that's good that, you know, you guys are able to kind of laser in on that. You know, you're not traveling around anymore really. And, um, yeah, that's great, man. But uh, we'll get into the first question here, man. Where would you from and how did you get into the game of golf? Yeah, so I am from Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um I lived on a golf course for the first eight years of my life. My dad introduced me to the game, put a club in my hand at probably around the age of three. Awesome. Um, and so he would come home from work and then um, around four o'clock and take me to the range and allow me to hit a few balls on the range. And anyway, just fell in love with the game from there. And then uh, just kind of progressed, played U.S. kids. Um, and then, you know, started playing AJGAs and then just kind of progressed to kind of where I am now but uh yeah he was he was the guy that introduced me to the game my dad was yeah I mean that's definition of starting him young you know getting a club in your hand at three years old um yeah I mean it's you know it's paid off pretty well for you um you know you touched on the tournaments that you kind of grew up and kind of evolved to playing in and stuff I mean I mean talk about your junior career a little bit I mean what was it like playing in those AJGAs and you know just traveling around to U.S. kids and stuff like that because I mean that's a huge those are huge tournaments to be playing in a junior golf so I mean kind of talk about your experience you know in those tournaments. Yeah yeah so um, I started with U.S. kids and it was, uh, mm-hmm. it was every Sunday we would play a tournament um, and you know people like Cole Hammer around the yeah. day was there and yeah um, anyway we would we would try it we were the goal was to get to the U.S. Kids World Championship, which was hosted at Pinehurst every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we would play in the Sunday thing to build up enough points in order to, to get there. Um, and so that was kind of the big deal around, you know, ages six through 12. And then um, when I was around 11, I started mm-hmm. AJGAs mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, started with the Opens to build enough stars to get into uh, yeah. invitationals. And when I was around probably 15 years old, I started playing in some invitationals. Um, and then, uh, I actually got my first win at the junior players. Yeah. That's AJGA. awesome. So, you know, it, it, the AJGA does a great job. They try to make, um, you know, the game more appealing to youngsters. Um, it's great competition. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's a really good, uh, organization that they have going on for junior golf and the exposure to, uh, college coaches. I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing what those tournaments, you know, not only the exposure and everything like that, but the courses that you're getting out, the players you're playing against. I mean, those tournaments are going to really, really, you know, make you a better player. And if you're, especially if you're looking to go to the next level, I mean, that's where most of the coaches are going to be looking, not saying that if you weren't playing those, they're not looking at that, but I mean, that's, if you can get yourself in front of those, you know, in front of those coaches at those tournaments, that's huge. Um, I know growing up, you, you know, you kind of played numerous sports, you know, outside of golf, you played football, baseball. I mean, how, 
you know, how did you manage playing all those sports and, you know, being, you know, pretty successful at them at a young age? I mean, what was that like? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> my family and I, we always had the idea that um, be a kid was kind of our motto. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We didn't want to have any regrets over not being able to play certain sports that was appealing to me. So mm-hmm. I wanted to play everything at this age, at a younger age, um, just to say I did it and because I had a lot of fun with it. So, you know, balancing, balancing all of that is very difficult. Um, you know, there would be times where football practice is right after school. So we yeah. would practice from three until dark. Wow. And I wouldn't touch a club uh, until the weekends. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, hopefully that the weather, weather permitting, uh, it would allow me to play some golf. So my golf game usually wasn't very good during, uh, during football season because I wasn't able to touch a club. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the same thing is applied to, to baseball. Once you, once you start to get into the, to the high school, you have practice until, you know, dark. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you won't touch a club until the weekend. So, you know, during the summer was when I was able to play a lot of golf and, and uh, not have to worry about those two other sports. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's pretty crazy that, you know, I mean, for any golfer, if you don't touch club for a week, that's kind of a long time to be, you know, for a golfer. And it's crazy that, you know, whenever you're younger, you're, you know, you're going out playing all these other sports, you're, t- you're not touching a club till the weekend. And I mean, you know, the point that you're at and, the, you know, the success you've had, it's, you know, it's a really great story. It's really interesting. You know, I haven't had anybody on that, you know, played numerous sports like that. And I mean, not only did you play them, but I mean, whenever you were in high school, you I mean, you're you were attracting a lot of coaches, not only for golf, but in these other sports. I mean, kind of talk about that recruiting process a little bit. And I mean, what, at what point did you make the decision that you were going to be playing golf full time? Yeah. Yeah. So the recruiting process was, was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of great, a lot of great college golf coaches out there that uh, showed a lot of interest and it was very humbling uh, to receive all of that. Um, yeah. You know, with, with uh, making a college decision, there was, there was a lot of factors that were in play. Uh, one of them was, you know, the possibility of playing multiple sports in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we thought, you know, maybe attending a smaller school uh, and being able to be a pitcher and pitch like Friday nights, not have to go to practice every day and yeah. be able to practice golf could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was kind of in the works with some smaller schools, but um, we, we ended up choosing golf or I ended up choosing golf. I, I just felt like, you know, I, I enjoy playing golf more than I do any other sport. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, with the recruiting process, you know, it, it, it started early. Uh, I mean, these, these college coaches, you know, nowadays are pretty aggressive at a very young age. So Absolutely. They, I got my first offer, um, from A&M in seventh grade. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, it just kind of, kind of build with this what they like to call ping pong so they they, they'll watch you play a lot of golf and and uh, then you hope they hope that you would reach out to them is kind of the system Mm -hmm. that they do Um, right so you know I got it I had it narrowed down to um, about five schools and Mm -hmm. uh, was uh, very very set on committing to Stanford uh, around my sophomore year okay Uh, I thought you know, I just, the academic aspect of Stanford was very appealing. It's very hard to kind of shut that down. And right, right. I'm not an extremely intelligent guy. So they were willing to <laughs> kind of pull some strings in order to get me to get <laughs> on the team. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we ended up choosing Texas uh, because of the teammates. I grew up with Cole and Mason yeah. uh, here in Houston. So I was really good friends with them and 
Um, I'm kind of a Texas kind of guy. I like to drive my truck. I like to, you know, go hunting. I like to do all that. So there you go. It, it was, it was, uh, I ended up making that decision, uh, in the summer of my junior year, uh, which is a lot later than most people. So, mm-hmm. uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a great process and I'm very thankful for it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really paid off for you. I mean, it's, I think it's just really interesting to, you know, hear that you came from playing three different sports like that. And then, you know, you committed to, you know, one of probably one, you know, one of the best programs, you know, in the country for golf. I mean, University of Texas produces amazing players and has amazing players on the team like you're talking about. Um, you know, what stood out to you about UT? I know, you know, you said, you know, you're a real Texas guy, you like to drive a truck and everything, but what was there something about the university or, you know, maybe was it, you know, that the fact that Cole and Mason were going to be going there as well, or was there something about the coach you really connected with, or is there something about the program that you just really liked when you visited there? Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you go to school in in Houston and you kind of live in that yeah. Texas environment, you know, Texas is always it has to be close to almost everyone's list. They would, they always, right. Texas. Um, and you know, the, the golf program that I saw with the cuties and, mm-hmm. and Mason, I knew that, uh, it would be incredible talent. And I wanted to surround myself with people that would push me. Yeah. Uh, I did not want to be, you know, the best guy on the team to start off with, uh, because there would be nobody else pushing me. So I wanted to, I wanted to go into an environment where I would be pushed every single day. Um, and then I, I built up relationships with the cooties throughout uh, junior golf. And so I was good friends with them. And yeah, obviously the relationship with Cole and Mason, I was very, very close with them. So it, it seemed and the coaching staff, Coach Fields, um, he's a great, great coach. He's very ethical. He, he really pushes us every day. And yeah. uh, same thing can be said with JP. So it, it seemed like a no brainer, uh, no brainer to me. And then uh, that and I was also two and a half hours away from from my family. Um, and they're, they're extremely important in my life. So being able to see them on the weekends, if I want to go down was, was a, another important factor. So it was, uh, ended up making the the right decision. And I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, you know, like I said, I think it's, you know, it's paid off really well for you guys and you guys have, you know, a super deep team, you know, the Cootie bros are, you know, great players. Cole hammer is all you got to say is Cole Hammer. I mean, that's pretty much it. And then, you know, Travis, you know, you got yourself and then Mason Gnome as well. I mean, you guys got a pretty stacked lineup. I mean, you guys have other players, I'm sure that, you know, that, you know, aren't in the lineup every week, but they're still out there fighting for spots. I mean, I'm sure it's no guarantee out there. Um, but kind of talk about a little bit how your years at UT have been so far. I mean, kind of talk about what comes along with being a golfer at UT, maybe take us through a, you know, a week of what it's like being a golfer there and maybe just kind of just talk about the program a little bit. Yeah. So every, every program is a little different. Um, yeah. I would say what separates UT from other programs would maybe be the coaching style. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, with, with, uh, with our team being, you know, very stacked, we, the coaches have a very hands-off type of approach. So they gotcha. let us do our own thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that sort of style is appealing to a lot of people because there's some coaches that mandate, you know, you need to practice putting for an hour or you got to right. do this. And coach Fields and coach Bear gives us the leeway to go practice whatever we want to at whatever time we would like. Gotcha. The mandates would be, you know, uh, making sure that you show up on time for qualifiers and, you know, if there's a team meeting, you need to be there for that and workouts on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 6 a.m. So that that sort of schedule was very appealing to me, uh, mm-hmm. having the discretion to choose whatever I would, whatever it is I would like to practice for a particular day. Yeah. Um, 
you know, their UT also has a lot of money. So <laughs> there's, they, they that helps. Fly, yeah. We fly private jets and, and, uh, you know, they like to spoil us a little bit. Uh, we have an Augusta trip every year, which is pretty cool. Wow. Uh, that's so, amazing. You know, there's, there's, they're having the perks like that is always, always appealing as well. Um, and, you know, I would say those two factors are kind of what differentiates between a lot of other, other programs. I mean, if, if you were to tell me that, you know, the college that I'm looking at is going to have a trip to Augusta, I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty much set right there. And I mean, flying private jets, I mean, I, I don't know what more you'd want. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, and yeah, that's, that's the thing with UT. I mean, you, programs like UT and, you know, most of the bigger ones in the country, I mean, they bring a lot of money in and, um, you got to use that money somehow. And there's, you know, then you guys open up the, op the options for flying, flying private determinants. That's a huge plus. And that's awesome. You guys take your, you know, a trip to Augusta national, not many people, you know, get that kind of opportunity. And, um, you know, I'm sure that's gotta be super special walking on the grounds there and everything and playing just, you know, what do you guys, do you guys just go there and just kind of play around for fun and kind of stay there a few days or what's that trip like? Yeah. So the trip is, uh, <laughs> obviously unbelievably special and yeah. you know, quite an honor just to just to be, be able to go to that um so what we do typically is we'll we'll play one round on like a saturday and mm -hmm. then on um sunday in the morning we'll actually qualify there for oh. the, next, the next event so all right you know it's kind of one one round of kind of get to enjoy hey you're playing augusta kind of get all the nerves out and then and then uh, uh, Sunday is actually for real, so we'll we'll actually qualify. Um, and then the the guys that uh, take us down there, they they usually stay at Butler Cabin, and then okay. we usually stay off property uh, at either one of Coach Field's friends' houses or a or a hotel. Yeah, wow, that's I mean that's pretty amazing to go out there, you know, get a for fun round, you know, get get the hang of things, and then it's straight back to business. You know, let's qualify out here. That's I mean, not many people can say they've been to Augusta National, and then not many people can say they've qualified at Augusta National. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like over your years at UT, you know, it's been, you know, it's been going pretty well. Um, I just, you know, I'm super curious as to, you know, whenever you made that transition from junior high school golf to University of Texas golf schedule, golf program, I mean, was there anything that you had to really adapt to or kind of get used to, or was it kind of a easy transition for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I would say there's some pros and cons to that. I would say that there yeah. were some difficult transition periods, but there was also stuff that was a lot easier. Um, mm -hmm. You know, some of the easier transitions were when I was uh, a junior in high school, I tried to play as many amateur events as I possibly could. Yeah. Which got me into the level of top amateur golfs because mm -hmm. there, there is a difference between top junior golf and amateur golf. There's a big discrepancy between those two. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, being able to play with the amateurs at a younger age uh, allowed me to kind of feel what what that like, what would what that was like. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So the, that was that was one of the pros. And then one of the cons would be, um, you know, time management. So now that you're living by yourself in college, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that you would kind of take for granted, you know, when you were living with your parents back at home. So you, right. have, you have to do your laundry. You got to make sure you get your schoolwork done. You got to, you got to eat, you got to eat, you got to talk to the academic advisor. There's, there's yeah. so many, so many stuff like that and learning how to time manage, um, you know, with your class schedule and with practice hours, that's, that's always seems to be an ongoing uh, struggle, but it's uh, once, once you can kind of get a grip on that, then it makes life a lot easier. 
Right. I mean, you, you get in the routine of something and I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to happen. You're making a huge change in life. I mean, like you said, you're not around your parents as much and you're kind of on your own and your coaches are kind of your, your parents really. And, um, but yet you got to figure out a lot of stuff on your own. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it's a huge transition for a lot of people. I don't know if I've had anybody on quite yet that says, Oh, it was pretty smooth. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good transition for sure. Um, but I want to go back a little bit, you know, you, those higher amateur, um, you know, those high level amateur events that you started playing in, um, I mean, obviously you're playing all these other sports and then you committed to golf. I mean, what was it like getting in these high level amateur events and having, you know, deeper field guys that have been playing their whole life, specifically golf? I mean, was there, you know, was there any kind of difference you saw in, you know, you know, scores that are winning tournaments and kind of how your play was going in those tournaments? You know, when I was playing in these amateur events, I, I played one year when, uh, when Colin Moore Cabo won the Senihana. Yeah. Uh, I was able to play uh, back in high school, the Western Am, uh, where I saw Scotty Shuffler and Sam Burns playing with each other, and Minwoo Lee and Norman Jong ended up winning. So yeah. I was able to kind of watch their games, um, and they're obviously having you know tremendous success right now on the PGA Tour. And so mm-hmm. being able to kind of see what they did and being able to pick up on the little things was uh, was pretty neat. And yeah, this the they, I mean you know the top amateur uh, golfers at that time are definitely good enough, uh, for this, for, um, the top junior amateurs are definitely mm-hmm. good enough for the amateur play. Yeah, um, right. there's, there's just a lot of talent being dispersed among golf right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to, being able to see that and put my game up against the top amateurs in the world at, you know, the highest ranked amateur events, it was a great learning experience. And, uh, you know, I was able to pick up on a little things on, you know, short game shots or, yeah. you know, course management or not going for that part five or, you know, laying up here and there. And so being able to pick up on a little things like that made a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, that's, those are huge things because the, the courses are going to be totally different in those higher level amateur events. It's going to be somewhat similar to what it's going to be like in college, you're getting a good glimpse of what it's going to be like a little bit. So, I mean, and to put yourself against the best players in the world, those, I mean, whenever you surround yourself around better players, that's, you know, usually you're going to tend to get better anyway. So, um, Obviously, you've played in all these high-level amateur events. You've also played in high-level college events, you know, going to nationals, going to events that are on TV with really, really deep fields. I mean, how do your experiences from these high-level tournaments help you perform in the, you know, high-level events you play in college now? And, um, you know, whenever you, you know, maybe, you know, you're going to go play professional golf, I'm sure, um, you know, how would do those experiences help you go and perform at these other high-level tournaments? Yeah. So, you know, playing in front of TV obviously mm-hmm. brings a whole different amount of nerves. Um, but once you develop that type of experience and you're able to you're able to play a bunch of times under television and under a lot of stress, um, yeah. it just becomes kind of second nature and it's not as nerve wracking as other times. So one thing that's helped me with that is, you know, to treat golf just like I'm out there practicing. So, you know, when I was at uh, the USAM um, playing in the semifinal match, it was yeah. by, far most, by far the most nerve wracking experience I've ever had on in golf. Cause yeah. you got literally, literally, you know, a couple of thousand people watching and you got, you know, bones <laughs> walking down the fairway. And yeah. And, uh, but when you, when you treat it just, you know, like it's practice, like, Hey, I'm going to hit this drive. If I'm going to hit a 
there's two options. If you're going to hit a bad drive, I'm going to hit a good drive. And then, yeah. You know, the one thing I can control is making a committed swing. So uh-huh. I'm going to make a committed swing and then I'm just going to accept, you know, whatever result happens and I'll just learn and make an adjustment for the next swing if it's not a bad result. But mm-hmm. when, people, when people start thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm playing in, you know, the USAs, I got the masters on the line, you know, this is when they start thinking about those things. And that's when, yeah. that's when usually bad things happen. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, how sudden was able to help me with that. Yeah. And uh, he, he's taught me a bunch of little tricks to help help with nerves and and help with those bigger moments in golf yeah i mean those bigger moments are you know they're it, i mean to get into any usam is great and to go as far as you did is that's another thing and i mean yeah there's you almost got to just stay laser focused on on going out there and playing golf because yeah i mean everybody wants to win usam and get into the masters and everything like that but at the end of the day you got to go out there you got to go play golf still i mean you got to go out there you can't get distracted by all that stuff and i mean it's easier said than done for sure and that's great that you're able to learn you know just commit to swings go out there accept whatever happens and you know make adjustments when you need to i think that's you know that's great stuff to learn at a younger age like that and um yeah i think that's great stuff for sure um i mean this past semester i just want to talk about this past semester a little bit is the most recent kind of play you guys have had um i know it wasn't you know wasn't what you guys wanted this last semester Um, i'm sure you guys want to be at the top every you know weekend week out but kind of talk about what this last semester, you know, is going to do for you guys for next semester. I mean, I'm sure it's going to, you know, lit a little fire underneath you guys. Um, I just want to talk about some of the goals you guys have for next semester. And I mean, I mean, what, what do you guys kind of take away from this last semester and look forward to next semester? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, we, we're, we have a lot of talent on our team and we have a lot of high expectations. And so yeah. we, we feel like as a team, we haven't been able to fulfill those types of expectations. Mm-hmm. So what that, and especially last year's NCAA performance. And so that really kind of motivated us to get better, um, to, to try to play good as a team, to, to make sure that we're doing our part. Um, and, you know, I'm thankful for the fall and for this uh, past semester uh, because we played, probably the three toughest courses um, yeah. any sort of collegiate schedule. So we played Colonial, we played Merida, we played Olympia Fields, yeah, um, which provide great tests. And it really tells you kind of where your game's at. Um, and so, you know, being able to play those has, has helped as we transition into the spring uh, because the first couple tournaments are not all that difficult of golf courses, but, you know, being able to fall back on those difficult ones towards the end of, uh, next semester it, it would be nice yeah I think I mean obviously I know you guys like you said you guys have high, high expectations you guys want to be at the top every week and I mean it's almost like I mean it's just gonna kind of you know feed the fire for you guys and come out you know come out the gates firing this next semester um, you know like you said you guys have a super talented team um, I mean UT has always been known for having such a great team um, you know, we talked about Cole Hammer, the Cootie brothers, Mason Nome, and, you know, tons of other great players that are on your guys' team. Um, just talk about that talent you guys have. Um, I mean, what's it like competing, not only when you go into these college events, but, you know, with, within qualifying, I mean, whenever you guys go back home, qualify, practice with each other, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's pretty competitive back there too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is, this is our third year together so yeah. we have we have great team camaraderie um and we really want the best for one another which is critical mm-hmm. uh, there's not anybody that's independent hey i'm going to do my own thing um everybody works on their own games but 
you know, we genuinely want the best for one another, which is critical uh, for a team environment. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, everybody provides different, different skill sets that they are really, really good at. So for example, uh, Pearson Cootie hits the ball really well. He's mm-hmm. a great ball striker. Um, you know, he's not a great wedge player, but he's mm-hmm. a great putter. Um, you know, on hindsight with that, you know, Cole Hammer is one of the best chippers of the golf ball I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so being able to see that every day is great. Um, you know, Parker Cootie is just kind of solid all the way around. Um, you know, and then, you know, Mason, Mason's one of the best chippers I've ever seen too, but his wedge game is, uh, stands out mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I, I'm kind of known for driving the golf ball. So I, I hit the driver pretty well. So mm-hmm. we all have different, it's funny how we all kind of have different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Um, so being able to, you know, play games, uh, like chipping games with Cole, or, you know, we'll do a driving game with me or ball striking game with Pearson and, you know, being able to judge based on that. Uh, really helps us with areas in our game that need improvements and we're able to help them with areas in our game that are kind of our strengths. Yeah. When you guys have some of the best players on the team, you know, in the country, and that's great that you're able to learn from each other, you know, that in just sharpen each other's games up, basically, I think, um, you know, that's great that you kind of cover all aspects there. You know, you have, you guys have, a, you know, you're solid off the tee, you know, you guys have great chippers and then you guys have that are just guys, solid guys all around. And I mean, whenever you can surround yourself around guys like that, um, especially being together for three years, I mean, you're spending a lot of time not only playing golf with them and practicing, but I'm sure, you know, whenever you guys are off the course, there's a lot of time to spend with them as well. So, um, you know, having that team camaraderie, like you said, and that team chemistry is, you know, it's huge. It makes trips a lot more enjoyable and it's going to make team wins a lot more enjoyable. That's that's for sure. Um, so I think it's just really special what you guys have at UT right now. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how you guys go this next semester. Um, we're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. Scrambling with Dolanado is sponsored by our friends over at Putt View Books. Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach Phil Canyon and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says they're clear, simple, and very useful. If you want a yardage or green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. Not only do you guys have great players on the team right now, but UT has produced amazing players like, you know, Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, and then, you know, one of the legends, Ben Crenshaw, and tons of other PJ Tour players. I mean, what's it like when you get the chance to be around some of these, you know, alumni, um, you know, and what, what, ha- what are some things that maybe you've learned from, you know, some of the guys that come back to the program and just kind of help you guys out? Yeah. So Bo Hostler and Dylan Fratelli uh, mm-hmm. were former Texas players and they, yeah. they practice at a UT golf club with us. So we're able to see awesome. what they, we're able to see what they do on a daily basis. We're great friends. We'll, we'll go play golf whenever they want to, or whenever we want to and do a bunch of games. And so being able to kind of see what they do on a daily basis is, is, is always great. Yeah. Uh, and then you have people like Jordan Spieth, um, who obviously has had tremendous success and, he was able he was able to be kind enough to come have breakfast with us uh, before the Merido tournament. Mm, uh, awesome. Which, which was right before he was leaving for the Ryder Cup. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he took time out of his busy schedule to come and talk with us and give us a few pointers and 
um, you know, being able to have a strong alumni like that, that love, you know, their, their program, um, their university is, is really great and really cool to be a part of. Yeah. I think that's amazing that, you know, guys like Bo Hostler or Dylan Fratelli are still, you know, they practice at your guys' home course still, and you guys are able to see them on a day-to-day basis and go play whenever you guys want. Cause I mean, those guys are, you know, they have tons of tour experience and ultimately that's, that's where you want to be at. So um, learning all you can about, you know, the next, the next stage of what professionals golf going to professional golf is going to be like and stuff that you can maybe adapt to a little earlier as you're in college still. So then whenever you make that transition, it's not, you know, it's not going to be as, you know, uh, tremendous or something like that. So um, that's awesome though, dude. I mean, what, what's, I mean, what are those guys like? I mean, whenever they come, do they just kind of go about their business and, you know, they go grind it out or is it just like, Hey, let's grab a cart. Let's go play. Yeah. They're, they're more like the first, first thing you said, they're more grinded out. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is their occupation. So yeah, <laughs> they're going to do everything they can to make sure that they, they prefer, pre- prepare themselves well for the next event. Um, Absolutely. You know, Dylan, Dylan likes to play a little bit more than Bo, I would say Bo, Bo, he just loves golf. So mm-hmm. he'll, he'll stick, he'll be on the range for six hours and just not get tired. Wow. Uh, he loves, he loves learning. He loves, you know, diving into equipment and seeing how equipment performs with the swing. And he loves swing analysis and getting wet shots. And, yeah. um, you know, Dylan, Dylan kind of has his routine. He's very particular about his routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, thinks he does, he does everything, you know, every single day, um, every aspect of the game and he'll go play nine holes, but, uh, they're both very different in their personalities, which mm-hmm. is always great. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's great to get to kind of learn a few tidbits from them, uh, almost every day. Yeah. That's, that's amazing, man. Just surround yourself around guys like that on a day-to-day basis. And then, you know, it's nice to get the occasional George Spieth appearance. And I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with the alumni at UT. I mean, it's just so special there. Um, that's awesome though, man. That's, that's really great. Um, I just want to kind of talk about maybe your goals, the rest of your college career here. I know, um, you know, eligibility is all thrown off now with COVID and everything, but kind of what are some goals you have for yourself? Are you going to take that extra year? I mean, what, you know, what's kind of the, in the, what's in the works for you for the remainder of your college career? Yeah. So I, I think this new PGA tour U program yeah. is very, uh, very appealing and, uh, a really good thing that was established. So, um, what it is, I'm sure you're aware of what it is, but yeah. uh, you know that that's obviously that's obviously a goal of mine is to try to finish as high as I can um, in that system. So that's that's kind of goal number one that we're that we're kind of striving for. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, in regards to taking an additional year, I I highly doubt that. Uh, I'm probably just gonna stay with four and see where four takes me. Definitely, and I think the PJ Tour U is amazing because before, if you you know if you were gonna play professional golf after college golf, it was all right, like you, you, you have no starts, you have no status, you don't have anywhere to play, you got to go figure it out, you know, and I mean, that's still what professional golf's all about, you got to figure it out, but the PJ Tour U, you know, universe, uh, PJ Tour U rankings is, is awesome, because if you place high enough, you can get starts, you know, on, you know, certain tours, and you get status on certain tours, and that's, that's what you ideally want when you graduate college, is to be able to go play somewhere straight away, and, you know, if you play good at the right times, I mean, you can, I mean, you can be on Corn Ferry PGA Tour before you know it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a huge goal. And I'm glad that, you know, you're not, you don't have like 20, 30 goals, you know, you just, 
you're focused on the rest of this year and PJ tour U rankings, you want to be as high as you can on it. That's, I think that's huge stuff. I think that's great. Um, you know, it's a great way to go about it all because you're not putting too much pressure on yourself and um, just go out there and you just play golf and, you know, accept what happens. Kind of what you're talking about, you know, with golf shots at the USAM. So that's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously you want to play professional golf. You want to go PJ tour U, um, U rankings and stuff like that. Um, kind of talk about, you know, what, what are some of the paths that you'd be willing to do for professional golf? Obviously you want to go, get South on the corn Ferry tour and then go straight to PGA tour, you know, let's say, you know, you always, you always gotta have a backup plan for something. I mean, what's kind of the other plans that you have for professional golf? Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the goal right now is to just become the best amateur I can yeah. and, and see where that, that takes me, um, in position with the PGA tour U, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, in regards to other plans, you know, that's, that's kind of option number one. Yeah. Right uh, and then, you know, if that, if golf doesn't work out, then I'd just go into the, the business world and, and uh, figure out something there. But uh, yeah, you know, within the professional realm, it would probably be, probably be, uh, you know, PGA tour U. And if I don't finish that, then I'll go to Q school and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, try to get status somewhere. And, and then uh, once you get status, you know, try to get to the corn ferry and, um, you know, once you get to the corn ferry, you know, then try to get to the PGA tour, but you know, it's yeah. a, it's a tough road, you know, playing, playing Mondays and, and doing all that. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know, it's a, I, I really enjoy it. So it'll, it'll be a, be a fun experience and we'll, we'll kind of be able to see within the next couple of years, um, what that road will kind of entail and look like. Yeah. And I think, you know, you just, you always got a backup plan, but I think, you know, this next year, you'll, you know, you'll be a senior PJ tour U rankings. Those are going to, that's going to be huge for you. And I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to be, you know, you're going to go out there, going to perform and get, you know, status. And I'm sure you're going to go out there. You're going to kill it. So, you know, I just like to hear, um, I just like to hear kind of everybody's plans, you know, because I mean, golf, there's no guarantees in golf. You still got to go out there. You got to go play golf. And, um, but I think, you know, you're going to go out there and you're going to tear it up, man. I wish you nothing but the best in that. I think that's going to be super fun for you, man. Uh, thank you, Dylan. Definitely. Down. It'll, we're heading to the next section of the show. It's called the ham and egg section. Um, we're just going to ask some for fun questions here. And, you know, we might mix in a change up a couple or something. But, um, well, the first one is kind of going to be interesting. You know, if you didn't play golf and you had to play another golf professionally, you know, which one would you play and why? I play baseball. Baseball, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I have a bunch of family friends that were ex-MLB players. and Oh, you know, awesome. I was able to kind of see their lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, I think being a pitcher in the MLB is about as good as it gets. You pitch, oh you, my God. Yeah. You, know, you know, you play, you guess, I guess you work, uh, <laughs> and you, know, you get four days of rest. You just kind of sit in the, in the clubhouse if you want, or in the bullpen. So I feel like that would be a, a really neat environment to play in. I like the air quotes on work <laughs> because yeah. I mean, yeah, you go out there, you pitch your games and yeah, you go to practice, but then, yeah, I mean, the tons of baseball players go and play golf then. I mean, what more could you ask for? I mean, that's that's great. Just, you know, like I said, pitch your game and then go hang out on the bench and just, just hang out, man. I mean, that's just got to be one of the best things to do if you're in the MLB for sure. Um, that's awesome, though, that you had some ex, you know, you know some ex-MLB players in your family. Um, I'm sure growing up, that was kind of like, you know, you wanted to play in the MLB at some point, I'm sure. And um, I'm sure that was kind of a dream to – and that's really cool. You're able to get some insight through that, but um, I'm glad you committed to golf though. Cause I think, 
I think that's, you know, it's been really special for you. I think you're going to do really special things for, you know, golf professionally, but um, yeah, it's super interesting to hear, you know, baseball, baseball for sure. Um, you talked about a little bit, you know, nerves and stuff being on the golf course, being in the USAM that, you know, you said that might, that was probably the most nervous you've ever been on the golf course. I mean, would you say that that is, you know, one of the moments you can pinpoint being super nervous on the golf course? And I mean, when you do, I mean, how do you keep yourself focused and calm during those moments? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I was actually more nervous playing Summer Haze in the round of 64 at the USAM than I was playing Breezer uh, yeah. in the finals. Uh-huh. I think you kind of get into the match play kind of feel, your mm-hmm. nerves start to dissipate a little bit, especially when you start to rack up a few wins. Uh-huh. That first match um, was extremely nerve wracking because the last two years at the USAM, I made match play, but I lost in the first round. So mm-hmm. yeah, like, hey, we're going to do all this work again just to... <laughs> <laughs> to lose, just to lose first round. I mean, let's not make that happen again. So right. um, that first tee shot was extremely, extremely nerve wracking. But, you know, one thing how uh, Sutton has, has taught me was to, you know, do what I said earlier and envision that you're just playing go off and accept the results, whatever they are, mm-hmm. uh, but you commit to your process and you commit to a good swing or, or good thinking. And then you learn from whatever mistake that is. But when you think about the results, then that's when, bad things happen. And so I've been able to kind of psych out myself, I guess you could say, and really feel like I'm just on a practice range hitting shots and I'm totally fine with whatever result it is. I did my best and there's nothing you can do to control that. Um, And then also I stare at a piece of grass to help with uh, focus. Okay. I'll, I'll be able to kind of look at a, look at a piece of grass. I know it sounds weird, but that's, that helps kind of get your eyes focused. Um, and it helps you just kind of lock in a little bit too. And that's what Hal did. And it's what he taught me. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't had anybody talk about, you know, psyching yourself out and focusing on, you know, a, you know, a piece of grass to kind of distract yourself from it all. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I haven't had anybody talk about that. I mean, how long have you been doing that for? How long have you been, you know, you know, getting, you know, the advice from Sutton and stuff kind of, you know, talk about that kind of a little bit. Yeah. I've worked with, I've worked with how, um, for quite a while mm-hmm. uh, and and this guy named chase cooper uh, mm-hmm. and it's called how sudden golf and okay chase, chase and how have been extremely um you know helpful in the development of my game uh, mm-hmm. but uh, i would say you know a couple months ago i switched over to adam porzak yeah uh, adam porzak yeah in california and uh he's done an unbelievable job mm-hmm. uh, he was able to pick up on some on a major swing flaw that i have that I had, and it was an old bad habit that I would bring back in, in, in competition, especially when the nerves would get going and I had no idea what it is. And Adam was actually caddying for Brad and, or Brian Stark. Yeah. Brian Stark. Um, yeah. In the quarterfinal match. And, uh, you know, yep. I, went over, I went up to him and said, Hey, you know, do you, do you see what I'm doing wrong? And he's like, yep. And, uh, ever since then he was, he's been able to help and able to fix that, that swing flaw. Um, yeah. so he's, he's, he's a really good guy and I, I really enjoy working with him. Yeah. I mean, it's funny cause I was watching USAM. I was watching your guys' match and I know Brian really well. We grew up playing high school golf together and, um, had him on the podcast and yeah, that's really cool that you guys you know are sharing, you know, swing coaches now. I mean, that's really cool that, you know, you went up to him, you know, straight up and asked him and he said, yeah, you know, I can, you know, I, we can, we can fix it. And I mean, look at you guys now, I know he's always throwing you up on the Instagram there and. Um, you know, that's, that's really cool. I mean, kind of talk about, um, you know, what, what has he been, what's the fix that was in your swing that he really needed or that he saw that you really needed? Yeah. 
so it was in the setup um thankfully it wasn't the setup was causing a bad swing so what the shot okay. would be kind of a push cut to the right yeah um and it would just get accentuated you know the longer i play golf and especially mm -hmm. during in competition and so yeah i need i needed to create a brace on the left side and and fix my spine my spine was tilted to the left mm -hmm. uh, kind of towards the ground and so when your spine is is like that you have to come up and out of the shot so i would slide the club would get stuck behind me and i hit this push cut gotcha he was able to fix my spine square my shoulders you know brace against the left side mm -hmm. and that has allowed more connection and uh you know this the club to come down uh on a better path and it eliminated that cut kind of push soft cut to the right and i've been able to kind of hit a straight ball and even work a little draw um, awesome so now, the big thing is now I have a system that I can revert back to uh, right. when I get off. And mm -hmm. before that, I didn't have any systems to revert back to that I knew mm -hmm. was right. I was mm -hmm. just kind of guessing and trying to, you know, play field golf. But Adam yeah. has established a system now uh, to where I can revert, re revert back to. And I, I've been hitting it really good. And so he's 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 done a great job. Yeah, I mean, he's really been able to take a lot of high level players and, you know, really create you know, some more success for them and something that they can trust. Um, I've had numerous, you know, of his students on the podcast and including Brian. And, you know, that's the kind of the, the thing or the trend I've heard from all these players is they have something to rely on. They know that it's going to work whenever they get out there and they perform. And like you said, it's something to fall back on too. And kind of, you know, before I'm sure it was a, you know, just keep rolling with it and, and hold on kind of thing. And now it's more like a, you, know, you can revert back to it and you know really straighten things up really fast and so i mean that's i mean if you if any golfer could ever have something to rely on like that to straighten things up real quick i mean sign me up i mean where i mean that would be great so i mean yeah that's that's huge though that you're able to have that and you're able to find that he was able to find that fix really fast and you've seen you've seen the results i mean that's that's ultimately what you want you know switching coaches working with something different like that i think you know poor zach that's really great for you guys and um, I'm sure he's going to continue to, you know, to make you a, you know, a better player as well. And so that's, it's a great relationship you have there, man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so the next one, it's, we're just going to touch a little bit on the kind of the recruiting process. You were, you know, you were a junior golfer once and you started getting offers really early on. Um, do you feel like there's something that junior golfers maybe need to focus on to better their chances at getting recruited? Maybe it has to do with the recruiting process or maybe something with their golf game they can, you know, improve on to get more looks by coaches. Yeah. I don't think there's a set system for that. I, right. I think you gotta, that's how I would say, you gotta let the clubs do the talking. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if you're talented enough and you're producing good scores and you're, you know, you got a bunch of talent and you're a great golfer and you possess a lot of capabilities of becoming a great golfer, then you'll, you'll get noticed. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're playing good golf, you'll get noticed, but yeah. the best way, the best way to get noticed is definitely through the AJGA system. So yeah, uh, if I was going to recommend a junior golfer, I would say you need to go through AJGA. Number one, you need to build up as much starts as you can. You need to play in these open events. You need to start building your ranking. Uh, your Rolex ranking, which is the AJGA ranking. Mm -hmm. um, you need to try to get that as high as you can. Um, and then once you play in invitationals, you're pretty much a lock for any sort of D1 collegiate, uh, collegiate program. So right. if you can get into the invitational, which should be every junior's goal, you're, yeah. you're guaranteed D1 somewhere. 
yeah, I mean, we talked about it earlier on. And I mean, those, if you can get yourself out in front of the, not only the college coaches, but those kind of players in the AJGA organization, those, those are huge. And I, and like you kind of saying, that seems like that's what was able to allow you to get, obviously the club, let the clubs do the talking, you're a great player as well, but getting out there in front of those college coaches and getting that exposure, that's, I mean, that's, that's exactly what you want, especially if you want to go to the high powerhouse D1 programs. Um, yeah, I think that's great advice for junior golfers out there. And I think that's something they're really going to consider when looking at their tournament schedule, because um, getting in tournaments is one of the most important things because that's ultimately what college coaches want to see as tournament scores, because that's when it matters. But um, AJGA is just another level. It's another level. So yeah, I think that's great advice for the junior golfers out there. And I think if you really want to get noticed too, play in the amateur events, if you can get in, you yeah. know, like at Sunnyhana or a Northeast Dam. And if you go finish top 15 there, the coaches are going to really take a look at that. That's, that would be more impressive than finishing top 10 at an AJGA event mm-hmm. uh, or even a top five for that matter. Yeah. So if you, if you're able to, you know, go beat the kids that are actually in college now in an amateur like event, that's, that's one of the greatest ways to get noticed by a college. Coach. Definitely. And I'm glad that you said, you know, if you finish top 15 or top, you know, top 15, whatever it is in those high level amateur events, because um, it, I think some people kind of get caught up on, I got to be first, I got to win the tournament to get noticed. And it's like, no, like, you can finish top 10 still. I mean, everybody in the top 10 gets college offers. I mean, it's not like you got to win all these tournaments. So um, I think if you just consistently play good in those tournaments, like you're talking about, um, I think that's also a great thing for junior golfers to, you know, try and achieve as well. Definitely. Um, We talked a little bit about the resources you have at university of Texas, the schedule flying private, um, you know, the alumni there and just, you know, the atmosphere within the team. I mean, what's what, what's the coolest resource that you could pinpoint that you have access to at University of Texas um, that you just really treasure to yourself? Yeah, I would say it would be uh, playing all the golf courses in Austin, mm-hmm. uh, being able to get on to basically all of them. So, yeah. you know, we make one field one. Uh, one phone call to coach field to say, Hey, I would like to go play canyons today. And he, he'll go call canyons and get us on. So mm-hmm. we go play ACC, uh, where they host the Dell match play every year. We can yeah. easily get on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to play all these great golf courses in the Austin area is really, really cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's amazing to go play high, high level courses like that, especially the one, you know, where they hold the Dell match play. I mean, that's a tough golf course on TV. It looks like, and, those are just gonna, those are just all part of becoming better players because it's all right there in front of you guys. You literally just, like you said, you got to make one call to your coach and, and your guys are out there. I mean, that's just, if you, if you leave UT and you're not a better golfer, then, um, then I don't know what you, what you're doing there. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it seems like you guys have it all right there for your access and, um, going out to all those courses with, I'm sure the guys on the team is, it just, it, it just makes you guys even a closer knit team and, just those are experiences that not a lot of people get for sure. So that's something to really be appreciative. And that's awesome that you guys have that access for sure. Um, obviously you guys go week to week, different golf courses. Um, you guys played some really tough golf courses this past semester. You said Merido, Colonial and Olympia fields um, kind of talk about how you guys go and approach a golf course. You know, is there a certain strategy that your coaches really like for you guys to follow or is it more so, 
like your guys's practice your practice time you know they let you do what you got to do to acclimate to the to the course i mean what do you how do you what's your strategy yeah. for that so thankfully you know we're as we're juniors and seniors now uh, yeah. on the team we've we've played these courses a few times in tournament competition so mm -hmm. that that helps tremendously so we kind of know what we're getting ourselves into yeah but i would say you know we get a yardage book uh to begin the round and um, everybody will just kind of express off the top of their head what what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, most of the time it's pretty just pretty obvious, you know, the club choice off the tee or, you know, where the, the pins are going to be. So um, John Paul will have these like little discs and uh, yeah, pins from last year and he'll, he'll throw it to where they are and we'll we'll hit shots to the different pin locations or hit pots from the middle of green to those pin locations. But I, I would assume, you know, pretty much every other college program does the, does yeah. the same thing as that. Yeah, definitely. And I think having coaches that are really experienced like your guys is in many of the other programs have really experienced coaches as well that have been to these courses, you know, and they put the pins down where they remember them from being from last year. And it's great that you guys, like you said, you're a junior, senior, you've played these courses a few times. And, um, you know, you just you already have a game plan set up, basically, and you're able to help the younger guys learn a lot faster because you have that experience at those courses. Um, yeah, I think super important to know where you're going to hit the ball. Um, you know, like you said, you're you like to you know, you're a really good you know driver of the golf ball. You're good off the tee there. Um, whenever you go to these other golf courses, do you just kind of think about pulling driver on most holes or is it do you kind of play position golf when you need to? Yeah, so I. I play position golf. Um, gotcha. Yeah. The more I, the more I play, the the more the mental game has gotten a lot better. So yeah. uh -huh. uh, there's also an element of feel and comfort level. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is, you know, I might be striping it and I might take driver on a hole that I would normally lay up on just because I feel super confident with the driver. Uh -huh. uh, and there might be times where it's an obvious driver, but I'm going to lay back with something else just because the swing feels off or I don't feel comfortable or you know, I'm trying to keep a good round going, something like that. So it's kind of, it's kind of dependent on the situation. It's dependent on where I'm at in the rounds, kind of my score. Yeah. And it's also dictated on, you know, comfort level. Yeah. I think, I think that's one thing like you talked about, you know, the mental game's gotten stronger and playing position golf is, you know, that's kind of something that you do. I think that's the best way to play golf because if you can bomb the driver everywhere you go, that's great. But sometimes drivers not really need on some holes, you know, getting as close as you can to certain greens is, you know, that might not be the best way to go about it. And I think, like you said, the comfort level of some holes, you know, if it's a little, you know, if, let's say it's a 440 yard par four or something, and it's a little tight and you got out of bounds and some trouble or something. I mean, the players that aren't afraid to whip out a, you know, a, a three wood or three iron or something and stripe it down there, you know, maybe have a little bit longer in, I mean, <laughs> That, I mean, at the end of the day, it's better than blowing driver out of bounds. I mean, or trying to trying to force a driver down there when you don't need to sometimes. And I think that's something that's overlooked. And that's great that, you know, you've learned to do that. And I think that's just going to continue, once again, make you a better player, not only college golf, but professional golf after. I think that's going to be super important, man. Um, I'm going to throw one more question. I'm going to throw another question in there. Um, you know, just from seeing – you know, you play throughout your college um, and outside of college golf and your amateur tournaments, um, you're, you're dressed Travis Matthew head to toe. You got to tell me, you know, are you just a Travis Matthew fanatic? Or, I mean, is there something going on there, a relationship? I mean, what, what's going on there? Yeah, uh, there's there's a little relationship with it. I yeah. can't give away all the details, but you know, gotcha. 
they were able to give me some stuff and um i, I like their material i like yeah. i like their uh, the shoe brand too uh-huh. uh, quater yeah yeah quater so i got some quater shoes um you know they they, they do a really good job and and they they they're very generous with their supply uh to give to to give so yeah. there's a lot of great people that work in the in the travis matthew um kind of industry and, and company so it's yeah. uh it's a it's a really good really good golf shirt i like i like wearing it yeah same you know i love i love the stuff too i work at travis matthew as well and um yeah i know i just i just thought it was super interesting because i'm like you know um you know i just it's cool to see the players whenever they're outside of their college, you know, clothing, because then you're going to see, you know, whenever you turn professional, that could be, a, you know, really a possible opportunity there. They might get you on staff there. And um, so, I mean, yeah, it's just super interesting. I just thought I, you know, thought I'd bring that up and um, yeah, super awesome to have those opportunities and um, yeah, it's great, great product and everything. So yeah, super interesting. Um, we're heading to the last question here. Um, I'm, you have a big support system, you know, behind you, not only with your parents and family, but your family at UT and, you know, your swing coach, Adam Porzak. Um, but is there somebody that really has inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today? Yeah. Um, you know, my dad, he would, he's probably number one on the list. Um, he's, he's somebody I look up to. Um, and then also um, the guy that's inspired me, from a character building standpoint would be, uh, Andy Pettit. Okay. Uh, who was, um, Yankees pitcher. He's won, um, like six world series, I think mm-hmm. something ridiculous like that. I think he has the most playoff wins out of any other pitcher uh, in the world so, gotcha. um, throughout history. Uh, but he's, he's a guy that conducts himself, um, unbelievably humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he conducts himself well. He's, uh, He's a good family guy, and I just like I, I like watching the way he does life, and so yeah. he's, he's had a huge impact on me. We've uh, he's very close to my dad, and we have a great great relationship with him, and so he's definitely inspired me to become a better man each day. That's awesome, man. No, that's great. Especially, I mean, you love baseball as well, and it's great that you know you're able to have those relationship not only with your with your dad, but you know, with your dad's friends to kind of help you with all that stuff. And um, yeah, I think having in, in people influencing you and role models like that in your life is that's super important as well. And that's great that I'm sure they're all going to support you no matter what, what you do. And um, yeah, I mean, um, that'll wrap up this week's episode of scrambling with Donato featuring Travis Vic, Travis, thank you so much for coming on, man. And once again, like I said, um, I wish you nothing but the best in your future endeavors. Super excited to see how you finish out the rest of your college career and um, how professional golf goes as well, man. Thank you, Dylan. Really enjoyed it. No problem. Have a good one, everybody. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.